Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trepesky. I'm an executive coach and consultant and leadership development expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you take control of your time and energy and improve your bottom line while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. It's Tracy. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast where entrepreneurs just like you and me learn to take back our time and scale our businesses. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to take a moment to remind you that we believe that Black Lives Matter, love is love, no human is illegal, women's rights are human's rights, access to health care ought to be a basic human right regardless of employment or wealth status, and that if one person is not free, none of us are free. During these turbulent and uncertain times, we believe strongly that reconnecting with our own humanity will help smooth the edges of all these tumultuous times. Be sure to be kind to yourself and to others. You never know what someone is going through. Now, I'd like to talk about today's episode. Very excited about this. I'm talking with Melissa Ng, a multi-passionate founder of multiple successful businesses and co-founder and business strategist and Facebook ads expert at Launchers Academy. Launchers Academy is one of the most intimate e-commerce mentorship agencies in the industry for new e-commerce entrepreneurs. They offer 24-7 white glove service, providing individualized support and answering all their students' questions in a matter of minutes in their private community. Their exclusive Dropship to Brand program helps new e-commerce entrepreneurs start and scale their online business by leveraging the dropshipping business model to start before branding to scale. Their team focuses on maintaining a small cohort for the program to ensure that all students are able to get the individualized attention and support needed to succeed in their e-commerce journey. I'm telling you so much about Launchers Academy because for entrepreneurs seeking a way to create another stream of income that doesn't involve delivery dependent upon you, the founder, this could be a viable option. Melissa shares her journey into entrepreneurship dating all the way back to her first ideas in high school. Not long after university, she joined forces with her best friend and built her first branding and design agency as a side hustle. Over time, she really wanted to spend less time working in her businesses and more time enjoying the fruits of her labor, so she decided to create passive income through e-commerce. She realized she could automate 80 to 90% of the work and eventually outsource most of it. This allowed her to spend more time on business strategy, or as we call it, working on her businesses rather than in the daily operations. Melissa tells us that our best bet is always to start with the data, no matter what industry we're in. She highly recommends checking Google Trends to see where the volume of searches is, and that will help us understand where to put our efforts. 
Something I didn't expect to hear about an e-commerce teaching platform is that Launchers Academy have their students create vision boards and to get super clear on their big why before going headlong into their new business. Now, to me, that sounds like excellent coaching. Um, So it's very exciting to hear that and also gratifying to know that no matter what business you're in, if you get really clear about your vision, it's going to help you succeed. So Melissa shares so much, and I'm certain that if you're interested in creating a new source of income, you'll want to take notes. Even if e-commerce isn't your thing, Melissa drops so much mindset wisdom, so take notes anyway. So Melissa's parting wisdom is collect and analyze data, test early and often, hire a really good team. Remember that you will hustle to get to your first six figures, and then after that, it's all about duplicating and making small adjustments. In addition to this episode, you may want to go listen to episode 55, where I interviewed Jaden Vu, the co-founder and marketing strategist, Launchers Academy. And we discussed how dropshipping can be a viable source of income and over time potentially even become a main source of income. One way to protect our financial wellness in this bumpy economic environment is to create multiple reliable streams of income. So give Jaden's episode a listen as well over on episode 55. Link is in the show notes. I hope you will enjoy this interview with Melissa as much as I did. There's so much to learn here. She's amazing. So you know what to do. Grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Melissa and her amazing journey. Melissa, it's so good to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks so much for having me, Tracy. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm excited to talk more. So Jaden was on, uh, Jaden Boo was on um, a little while back. And as we were warming up, we were talking about like, this is an area of business that's very, very foreign to me. So I'm really excited to have you come on and kind of share your perspective of e-commerce and your transition into uh, entrepreneurship, because I think it's a really interesting story. Before we even do that, I love to share with our listeners where you are in the world. Yeah, so I am currently in Toronto, Canada. I actually just got back from Vancouver a few weeks ago. I'm pretty bi-coastal, so I fly back and forth between Toronto and Vancouver every couple months, I would say. Vancouver is where I originally grew uh, grew up from, but I like Toronto because of the vibrant city. Yeah, so I grew up in the Seattle area, and so I've, you know, been up into Vancouver and Victoria, and, you know, it's really, really beautiful. I haven't been to Toronto yet. I'm going in October, so I'm excited about that, but I hear great things. I hear it's a really wonderful city and a great place to be, like, to, like, live and do your thing. Yeah, for sure. There's so many entrepreneurs here, too. I think that's one really big reason I actually moved here from Vancouver, the scene was not as big in Vancouver as it is in Toronto with startups and founders and entrepreneurs in general. This, it, we're skipping ahead, but we'll just go ahead since you said it. I mean, this is something that like I think is really challenging for entrepreneurs is feeling alone on the island. It's part of the reason that I started this podcast. It's like we need to be around people either physically or in some other virtual way to be around people who get it because it's a different thing. It's a very different thing to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, no, it it really is. And I see myself actually transforming as a result of the environment that I am in, which is so interesting to see. Like even just, I guess a year ago when I was back in Vancouver, I felt like I was too comfortable because that's where I grew up from. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't taking as much risk. Like I saw myself not taking as much risk. Then when I pushed myself to move to a completely new city where I didn't really know that many people here, 
And because I was in a constant stage of, I guess, uncomfortability, <laughs> that is just in a word, um, it just pushed me to do more for the business. Like do take more risks. Um, so I thought that was an interesting transformation to see myself go through. That is really interesting. And there is something to be said for coming outside of what our comfort zone, right? People call it the comfort zone, but even just like where we grew up, being around family. And we love our families. And I think it, we ought to be around our families. But there is something that happens when we transition into adulthood and we go back and spend time with our families in our, in our old stomping grounds. It's like we slip into old patterns, right? And you were saying yeah. you were very comfortable. It's not necessarily a bad thing because I don't sort of believe in that binary, but it doesn't, it doesn't support your growth. Totally. Yeah. Really interesting. You know, probably don't, you're working at it, but you probably don't have to work as hard at it as you would if you were living with your family and on or near your family and all of that. Yeah. Super interesting. Nailed it. Yeah. yeah well, I, I'm I, there as much. <laughs> yeah. I get that. I get that. And being in a scene where there are lots of other people figuring it out and creating a new way forward, especially now in COVID times. I'm not saying post-COVID. I just saw the numbers. <laughs> I am not saying post-COVID. I'm just going to put that stake in the ground right now. But during COVID times and just during times where everything's evolving and changing so quickly, I think it's really important to be around like-minded people. So very cool. Plus, I hear there's like a great, like there's great food, there's good music, there's really, you know, lots of art and all those wonderful things that come with being in a vibrant city setting. So yeah, totally. Yay. Oh, well, I'm excited to go in October. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me up when you're here. I or will be like, hey, this is where I'm staying. Um, I would love to, since we skipped ahead, kind of come back to the beginning or or maybe not the beginning, but how did you get started? So you came from the corporate finance world. And now you're in e-commerce and drop shipping and education around that as well. Yeah, totally. So currently Please explain. <laughs> yeah, of course, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I currently run three businesses. I'm in e-commerce and I run multiple stores. I also have an e-commerce mentorship agency called Launchers Academy, where we teach entrepreneurs interested in getting started in e-commerce to start and scale their store and make 10 plus you know, $10,000 plus per month. Um, and I also run a branding and design agency where we're helping founders build their brand logos and website for launch. But if I were to now rewind a little bit back six years ago, um, my background actually started in accounting where I studied at one of the top business schools in Canada and graduated with honors in a Bachelor of Commerce um, in accounting. I then went on to pursue my certified professional accounting designation and after worked in finance, specifically mergers and acquisitions for four years and worked up to become a corporate development manager. And it was during these years where I was working pretty much 60 hour work weeks that I wanted to pivot my career because I realized when I was burning out, you know, burning the late night oil, the next 40 to 50 years, I did not want to spend in finance. And entrepreneurship was something that was always in the back of my mind since high school because I was really interested in starting something that I can call my own. And at the same time, I enjoy the process of building something from zero, like absolutely nothing, and then see it go to that 100 or that one. Very cool. Yeah, so... <laughs> So you were working 60-hour weeks before, and now you run three businesses. 
Hmm. Are you working 60 hour a week still? <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> I was hoping the answer would I be am no. not. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Can you share a little bit about that? Did you do, start all three at the same time or did you start to add things like, yeah, because I thought that sounds a little overwhelming when I would love to hear kind of the breakdown. Because I think sometimes in the world of entrepreneurship, when we're looking for information and support, we land sometimes on people's social media or websites where they make it look like it just blew up overnight and it should be easy. And if it's not, then there's some shame around that, which I think is a really nasty way of selling. But the reality, of having three successful businesses much must be much different than that, I would, I would guess. Yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned that, you know, it was almost six years before when I was starting in accounting. And I would say the idea of the entrepreneurship and what business I should start started six years ago. So it was actually a very long time in the making. Um, but the first business that I started with was the branding and design agency, which I started with my best friend. And we started that because we thought we each had a very good skill set when combined together, we're able to really help businesses start their business up and running from the marketing, business strategy, branding, and website, website design standpoint. So that's what we started with and worked on that for, you know, a number of months, got a lot of clients. I went to a lot of events specifically in Toronto where I had the opportunity pre-COVID where you are meeting people in person. So I think that was a really good launch pad to get into entrepreneurship since it also is like very low startup costs as well. It's really easy to just start an agency without a lot of overhead costs. Um, So we started that. And as we got busier and busier the coming months, I realized that, you know, 60 hour work week plus working on projects, you know, during the late evenings or during the weekends was getting a little bit unsustainable. Mm -hmm. So that's when we started thinking about, okay, what is a potential another business that we can start, which would be a little bit more passive and less active with having our hands pretty much tied to each project because we're working so actively on the project ourselves. Um, And that's when e-commerce came up as I was doing my research into what other business models I can start. One thing that I really like about e-commerce is that once you actually get it up and running, which does take some time, then you're able to automate pretty much like 80 or 90% of the entire business and you don't have to work in the business so much anymore, you're able to outsource or hire for a lot of the daily operational side of things. So currently, um, we've been doing e-commerce for two to three years now, and I removed myself from the day-to-day operations. So I no longer work in the business, but I work on all of the business strategy, marketing strategy, you know, how can we scale from $100,000 to $200,000, et cetera. Uh, And that's all on the strategy side of things, which I really, really enjoy and I really love. But I found that e-commerce was a really good way for me to just kind of have a business that stands alone where I have a team now and I can work on other things because I have time back and I automate Mm -hmm. in a lot of the processes and systems. Mm, Huge point there. We automate as quickly and as much as we can outsource as often as possible. Right. Even sometimes I think, depending on the business that people are in, before we feel like we're ready, sometimes we need to add team and take that leap of faith because it can increase our personal capacity and bring us back into our strategic minds. So I think we get 
we being most entrepreneurs tend to get really bogged down in the details. We're not meant to be the day-to-day detail people if we're the visionaries. Doesn't mean that we're not willing to, but at some point we need to be willing to kind of let that go. That's so interesting. And so when you're building an e-commerce business, can you give us an example of like how you would choose a product and how you decide what you're going to be doing? And because I think this might be a really viable option for some of our listeners who are looking for ways to add another stream of income or who might be thinking about building up a side hustle to be able to leave their nine to five or whatever their situation might be. But I think this is a really viable option for a lot of people. Absolutely. So the way that we start a e-commerce store, um, it's really, really based on data because I have, you know, my, my background comes from looking at data a lot. So that's kind of what we implemented into our system as well, where we are essentially looking at what is in demand currently. Like what is the market looking for and want to buy? We use that with a couple of tools and I can share one here. With Google Trends, you're able to search up a keyword and see what people are searching for and if the volume of that search at this you know moment in time or the past three months is increasing or decreasing. So that's one way to identify what the market trends are and what people are really looking to purchase right now. So for example, um, if you know we're, we're recording this during the summer, so it's travel season and a lot of people haven't been traveling for the past two years. So a lot of people are going traveling right now. Now, knowing that this is a trend in the market, what can I sell that's related to travel that can help someone mm-hmm. travel easier or help solve them a pro- solve a problem that's related to travel. Mm-hmm. And we always sell problem-solving products because we want to build a sustainable e-commerce brand, a sustainable e-commerce business for many years to come, not just a trend product, which is going to die down and you have to find another one. Right. Interesting. I love that. I think that the thing to highlight here is you're solving a problem with a product. And I think that you know, when I think I'm not a marketing person, but of course I need to know enough about marketing to, to market my business. When we think about marketing, we think about what is an expensive or really like frustrating or annoying problem that someone has. And it could be, I was thinking like travel size things, right? They're hard to find sometimes in the regular stores. So if you need a little refillable bottles or, you know, whatever, shampoo, conditioner, whatever it is that you need, like, yeah. I would probably go search that online and see if I could get it delivered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Or whatever, new hanging bag or you know, whatever, some kind of thing that makes my life easier as I go traveling around for the first time in like forever. I know a lot of people are kind of like, whoa, it's the first time I've been on an airplane in two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or even with the, with the situation right now where a lot of luggages are getting lost. Like how can you solve? But that's a very real time issue that people are having. So how are you able to solve that? Right. So finding a solution to that, you're instantly able to make a lot of sales because everyone's looking for a solution to help them solve that problem. Very cool. So that's kind of like a trending thing. Do you have, and you don't have to say what they are, give it away, but do you have certain products that are kind of like your, your bread and butter products that, you, you know, they're things that people will always buy? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there, the, I would call those like evergreen products mm. and there are evergreen niches. So categories of e-commerce that I, or we recommend to our students. And that is, that's pets products. 
because mm-hmm. a lot of people got a lot of pets, you know, during the pandemic um, and beyond. And a lot of people really, really care about their pets a lot. I have a dog. Mm-hmm. So similarly, it's like, I love him so much. I do more for him than I do for myself. Sometimes. Of course. Like, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> we need to flip that, but there it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the pets is a big one. Yeah. Another one is beauty. Mm-hmm. That is always something that is going to stay. It's just yeah. what kind of products are you know, currently doing well or currently trending. Um, but beauty, I would say, is very evergreen as well. And fitness. And fitness. Interesting. Really interesting. People are always looking to get in shape, no matter mm-hmm. what time and period. Yeah. So because you are a numbers-driven, data-gathering type of person, you were able to find this opportunity and see the value of it. What would you recommend for somebody who's considering getting into e-commerce or drop shipping? Like what would be something you would tell them in addition to joint coming and working with you at Launchers Academy, but like what else do they need to know before they start to make a decision? So e-commerce compared to a service-based business, I feel like it's definitely more difficult to get into. And this is me comparing my experience with having started service-based agency versus Mm -hmm. going to e-commerce because in e-commerce it's all about finding that right product if you have a really good product and you're able to market it well that's where you're going to be able to build a brand around your product and get consistent sales coming in but if you do not have the right product even if you're the best marketer in the world the product will not sell because no one's looking for it the demand for it is low and people just aren't interested in general. So understanding this and spending the time, effort, and energy required to get to a good product, I think is really important. And sometimes people going to e-commerce kind of lose sight of that because they think that, you know, you find a product, you slap together the landing page, you market it, and they expect the sales to start coming in instantly. But it's not like that. I feel like there is a stigma around e-commerce or even dropshipping in general that once you get in, it's really easy to make money. So it's almost like a get-quick risk scheme, but it's not. It's like just like any other business model out there. If you want it to do well and be sustainable, it takes time to actually build up from the ground. And it takes trial and error too. Mm. The first product that you launch probably isn't going to be your winning product. Maybe not even your second or your third. but if you're able to stick to it and go through that process and have a system that you follow, then eventually you will hit that winning product and it's going to make all of the other ones that didn't do well so worth it because you would have scaled up so quickly and you have all the systems in place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key too, right? Is putting systems in place that can that are duplicatable. You know, even, even in my service-based business, we do that. Like we have very similar processes, even if the service itself is quite different mm-hmm. and everything backend is pretty much the same and it leaves nothing to chance. We get to stay on brand with the level of service that we provide. This person right here doesn't have to think about those details because it's automated. And then, you know, my assistant sees to making sure that everything works. And all I have to do is occasionally, you know, poke my head in. But I think that we need to understand that, that this is something that's like, I don't know, this idea of get rich quick. I, th- I think it's, you know, if it seems too good to be true, it is, it usually takes time. I love that you said like any other business model, it takes time. And so you might, if it's, it depends on what your goals are too, I would imagine. But if you're, if you're looking to just kind of supplement your income, that could maybe happen. 
But if you're looking to build a multi-million dollar business, that will take time as it would any other business. Yeah, exactly. We, especially with social media nowadays, we see that overnight success. But what we don't realize is that that person took years to get to that point for it to become an overnight success. Yeah. And a lot of people don't see that years in the making. We never see behind the scenes, but it's blood, sweat and tears to get totally. Yeah. I mean, it's years and years and years of chipping away at it. Like there are memes that float around occasionally on the internet that are like, you know, a picture of somebody with an with a little pickaxe in a yeah. tunnel, right? Yeah. And the point at which people quit is like really close. And, and you can see it from the outside that's just on the other side, like maybe two more inches, just however long that would take to to break through. And then you're there. And I think that that's, you know, something to remember that like what I tell my clients is if you're starting to agitate and get really frustrated and like it's you're like irritated with not getting there, you're probably so close to it because change happens on a cellular level and we can sometimes feel it before we have the proof. And so when you're feeling that agitation, that's when you double down. <laughs> that, yeah, that is really true. I love that you just said that. I don't hear that a lot, but you're right. Like the biggest change happens in that moment of turmoil or that frustration, but you have that turning point or that switch and then you get there. But you have to be able to get through that bump first. Yes. And not a lot of people, you know, not everyone gets through that bump. Totally. And this is, and this is where we need to, we need to trust ourselves. We need to trust the plan that we made. We need to trust the research that we did and we need to trust the process and that there's I have to remind myself of this too, because I get, when I'm doing something new in my business, I get that agitation. I'm like, oh, I know what that is. That's change. (laughs) That's change coming through. All right. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Right. But I think that we just need, we need to remember that. Like if, if we did our due diligence, if we did our research, if we gathered data and we made a plan and we've been consistently following it, they're probably almost there. Yeah. Probably almost there. Yeah. Trust the process. I love Mm -hmm. that. That's a hard one. I mean, just trust in general is hard, right? But entrepreneurs, we we can either be, I think we kind of get both things. Like we can either be like really super focused like a dog with a bone, or we can be really scattered and be distracted by squirrels and shiny objects. But if we trust ourselves to go into that like narrow focus space while we're working on something, the outcome always shows up. It just shows up after the transition and the transition is sometimes rough. So we just need to know that. It's like, it doesn't have to be hard and horrible. You just have to understand that, you know, if you're starting to get frustrated, you're probably really close, really close. I love that. I think if a lot of people have the same mindset that you just talked about or that you have right now, they will get really, really far because that means they're not willing to give up so easily and they're willing to push through and have that consistency and still show up every single day, which is really hard to do. Mm -hmm. Well, it's about personal, it's about personal resilience, but it's also about staying focused. And and really, I mean, it goes back before that because it's hard to be focused if we're not clear, right? So we have to start by getting really clear. So if somebody is starting an e-commerce business, they have to get clear about the why. And what they want to achieve. I mean, all the other stuff in the middle might change, right? The product, the approach to selling, the marketing, that might change because it's trial and error. So it might look very different six months down the road or a year down the road than it did when it first started. That's a good thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that reminds me, one of the things that we get our students to do at the beginning is we actually get them to create a vision board of Mm. what their three to five years looks like. And that helps solidify what their why is. So every time you feel like you're beaten down or you feel like you're at a big hurdle, you can't get to where you want to be, look at your vision board and get reminded of why you're doing this in the first place. Because there's a reason that you're here and there's a reason that you want to start your e-commerce store. Just get reminded of that. It's, you know, it's interesting. I used to kind of go, eh, vision board. But so we made a vision board in our house and kind of forgot about it. But so we we bought a house five almost five years ago. One of the bathrooms was really sad looking. And we were like, mm, that's, you know, that's going to be an investment, but we'll get there eventually. So we just put printed pictures that we liked of beautiful bathrooms, put it on the vision board, walked past it, probably stopped looking at or realized, you know, consciously looking at it. We just finished a bathroom renovation and we went and looked at our vision board and we were like, oh, <laughs> look, <laughs> <something back there. laughs> it's not, but it's like the elements and the idea of it. And the, like, for us, it was like, we wanted a certain level of elegance, but not fancy over the top. But we, you know, there were certain things that we wanted. We wanted lots of practical stuff, but beautiful. And that's like all those pictures reflected that. So the essence was there reminding us, not consciously. So I'm a huge fan and believer now in <laughs> vision board. So before I was like, okay, I'll make a vision board. That's fine. You know, now I'm like, oh no, we're making a vision board. We love that. new we want to do? There's going to be a new vision board. <laughs> yeah. So it's gone to my business. Even if you don't look at it, you yeah. know it's there. It's there and it's talking to you and it's seeping into your subconscious. And when you when we do that, when we get really clear about why and our vision, it's like the subconscious mind just starts looking for all the clues. And so it's easier to shut down the noise. Like this is what clarity is, right? But I don't know. Sometimes we think clarity is supposed to be like, I know down to the finest detail, every little thing. I'm like, nah. You know, like our renovation. I just want a beautiful bathroom that uses every square inch. And I want a bathtub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are like my two main things. The rest I'll know when I see it. You yeah, know, which, sure. which, you know, maybe is good, maybe isn't good. Everybody does things differently. But when we get clear about why something's important to us, what it is that we want to achieve, and then just keep coming back to that and commit to it, right? And then come back to it over and over again. Yeah, I love that you do that. I mean, this is like e-commerce and you're doing vision boards and getting really clear on the why. <laughs> I, I think it translates to every business that you start. Mm-hmm. Like in no, no matter what business that you start, it helps you get that focus and shiny object syndrome that you mentioned earlier. We didn't get to talk a little too much about that, but I feel like nowadays it's really easy to get shiny object syndrome because of your access to information, access to social media. Everyone on TikTok is posting different businesses and different things. So if someone or even myself gets into a hurdle, it's really really easy to say, oh, what if I just start something else? Mm-hmm. But you don't want to do that. Mm. Stay focused. Stay focused. Yeah. And disciplined is so important. Yeah. So do you find like if you're, you get to a certain point, like do you test things or products or ways of doing things for like a certain time and then you have enough data to tell you like, how do you know when it's time to pivot? Because I, or, or adjust. Because I think that this is something that, you know, it's like stick with it and recognize the science when it's not viable. <laughs> yeah. So how do you, how do you teach people that? Yeah, for sure. So in e-commerce, we're actually always testing stuff. Mm. So whether that be testing a new landing page to see what works, if it helps convert sales better, or you're testing even product images, different angles of the product, 
does a customer see it and just helps convert more or converts better um, or even testing ads. You know, we do pay-per-click ads with TikTok, um, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, and just testing to see what ad creatives work. So we're always, always testing. But what we do as part of our process is generally we only try to test one thing at a time because if you have multiple things, you don't know what actually contributed yeah. to a better conversion rate or better sales. Um, so always one thing at a time. And then we generally test it for two weeks mm. to see if your key performance indicators have actually improved. So for e-commerce, key performance indicators are usually your sales numbers or your website conversion rate or your, your ad creative conversion rate. So are the, those are the really big ones among, um, among some other ones as well. But test it for two weeks, let it run on itself. And then at the end of the two weeks, you go back comparing what your results are for your current test versus what it was before to see if there was an improvement. If there was an improvement, we then implement that into our permanent landing page or creative, et cetera. But if it did not do well, then we just convert back to what we're doing before and test something else. So we're constantly, constantly testing. Mm -hmm. But you can gather data from that. I mean, I think it keeps coming back to the data, right? And this is something that I think a lot of us get, like don't, don't want to be bothered with it unless we were already numbers people. So mm. like, I'm not, I mean, I'm an operations person. So yes, numbers are important, but not like to the extent that marketing finance, you know, like accounting departments would, would think numbers are important. But I think that's the key, right? Is testing. And I love that you said one thing at a time. I really beat this drum about not, okay, like the word pivot, it's so 2020, right? Like it's like everybody was pivoting in 20, and you True. know, we needed something to grab hold of. But I think what you just described is what I call constant course correction. So we're testing and we're doing one adjustment at a time and giving it time space to breathe and see what happens. It's interesting that it's a two week time frame because like in my world, the way I do things, it's more like mm, six to eight weeks to see what happens. Oh, okay. There are there are certain times depending on what we're testing. Like for example, if we're testing a price increase, if we can get more people to buy at this new price or the old price is better, we do that for like five days, which okay. will be a last time frame. Yeah. Um, well, so it really, you know, very much depends how much traffic you're really getting into because that's going to help you either gather data faster or slower. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it's very, it's quick moving, which I think, okay. So for people who like to stay busy and stay active, this might be a really good way to do things. And one thing when Jaden came on, we were talking about how, you know, another thing that like the entrepreneurial gurus will say, do the thing you're passionate at and blah, blah, blah. Listen, if cross stitching is your thing and you can't find a way to make a whole bunch of them or the thought of doing that, now robs you of the joy that you receive from doing that. That's not the thing to monetize. But mm -hmm. you can get really passionate about providing a product that solves a problem for people. And I thought that was a really interesting way to frame it, that you don't have to, you don't always have to monetize or be madly in love with what you're doing if you like why you're doing it. And you can get yeah. back to that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Exactly. And sometimes you fall in love with the business as you're going mm. through it. Because you're learning a lot about yourself too. Like when I started my entrepreneurship journey, I actually felt like I learned more about myself in the past two years than I did when I was in university, which is like, you know, five years. Because you're just going through so much and there's so much constant changes. You learn so much. 
And then when you learn about yourself and realize what you like or what you don't like, you can apply it into your business. One good thing about being your own boss is you have the ability to make changes and you can make changes instantly if you want. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really common. Like I hear that with a lot of guests and other entrepreneurs that I talk to. They're like, you know, okay, yes, all the stuff that I do, the amazing work I do and all the stuff that I love doing. The biggest thing though has been how much I personally have grown, my personal resilience, my getting to know myself. If ever one is going to be faced with dark nights of the soul, it would be during the entrepreneurial journey. (laughs) Yeah. More than one. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm just going to say every time I up level, I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, and I need to like take a little time <laughs> and be yeah. with myself and get clear and, you know, recalibrate and, you know, prepare in some way, right? Limber up, get ready for the journey. So I think I love that, that you recognize that as well, you know, and even kind of going back to making the decision to move across the country in order to be in a different environment. We're not saying you have to do that. We're not saying if you, you know, listeners, if you currently live with family or near family or whatever, don't, I mean, unless you really want to pick up and move, don't feel like that's something you have to do. But, but do know that being an entrepreneur is really rewarding and it's like being dragged across hot coals sometimes. So we have to just be prepared for that. And I'm, you know, I'm very positive most of the time, but I also don't want to lie. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It can be really hard. It can be like emotionally trying. And that's where we find out what we're really made of, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times you'll be surprised to see that you're actually a lot stronger than you originally thought, mm-hmm. which and is so empowering. Yeah. I was just going to say it's a different kind of strength. It's not like, I don't know, like, when I think of like, I'm strong because I have to be strong, like the people who have had to be strong, there's a little bit of defensiveness to that, which is not a bad thing, but maybe as a result of trauma or experiences. But that kind of strength where you've gone through something and you've built something and you've watched it grow and you've created that, that is super empowering. It's very open. It's yeah. different to me. It's not as constricting as like having to bear down. And sometimes we just have to bear down and get through stuff. But like, to be able to like lift your head and go like, this is, I made this. I did that. I did that. You know, plus my team, all the people, I wouldn't have done it without you, 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 and you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, this is, I imagine this and it's, it's become better than I imagined. I just, I mean that, you're right. It's just so empowering. Like I feel like all goose pimply and like proud of all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Have you had like, a big challenge, like either with all three or with one of the businesses where you're like, I don't know, like sort of that questioning time. And and how did you come through that? Yeah, for sure. That's a really good question. I like that. So I would say a big challenge and a huge hurdle that we kind of had to get through at the beginning of when we we're starting e-commerce. I mentioned a little bit earlier about, you know, your first product might not be the winning product, not even your second or your third. And that was exactly what we were going through. So we were, this was before we had any mentors. So eventually we ended up getting a mentor because we felt like we were trying a lot of things for ourselves doing the DIY route with information from Google, with information from YouTube, from podcasts. But one, so access to information that's free is good and bad, I feel. Mm -hmm. 
I am the type of person that does a lot of research before I actually get into something. I think that comes from my accountant background where I'm mm-hmm. like a little bit more careful, a little bit more diverse and proof here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we did a lot of research and I had a lot of different pieces of systems from people that say that it works for them. But what I didn't realize was if I were to piece different pieces of systems together and create a completely new system, what actually worked probably is going to fall apart because now it's not an actual system mm-hmm. that worked before. Now I'm completely making my own system and I'm doing it by trial and error because once we realize something didn't work, move on to the next thing. But it wasted a lot of time and energy and we were launching products in the initial stages while we were testing, but we weren't really getting to that result. We didn't understand. Well, could we understood why because we were kind of like piecing together different pieces of information. Um, but only once we actually got a mentor ourselves, we actually had three different ones. Then that's when we realized, okay, this is the pathway to success for this person. We're going to utilize their system and see what actually works for us. This is a pathway to success from mentor B that we also worked with at a different period of time. And that helps scale us to another level. Same with mentor three. You know, all of them were at different stages of time. And we found what were all the different pieces that work together to build a new system um, that works consistently because we're also launching a lot of different products at this point once we found something that actually worked to truly test it out to see if this is something that can be sustainable. But at the beginning, we're launching so many products, put in so much of the work and effort, and you can't see results. That was very, very demotivating, I would say, especially coming from a service-based business that I was creating before where I felt like I was able to see the results a little bit quicker. It was almost like I was stepping backwards. Mm, Kind of rewinding that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's definitely frustrating. E-commerce, there's a little bit more um, processes and startup related stuff in place too. So that was a little more challenging than the other business I was running. You reached out for help, which is something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. I have struggled with it, but recognize very clearly that when I work with a coach, a mentor, a mastermind group, anything you know like that, where you get the support, everything changes. The energy changes. You know, it feels lighter. You're not. I don't think we're supposed to go do so many things alone. Even if we're like rugged individuals, we still need support and guidance. And why? reinvent the entire mechanism if somebody else or many somebody else's have already put in their 10,000 hours and we can borrow from them. Because then we can, you know, take a friend of mine likes to refer to Bruce Lee, like you can take the parts that you love and that work for you and leave the rest. So as you worked through with mentors one, two, and three and adjusted your systems, I'm guessing even now Post working with mentors, your systems look a little different and more aligned with what you do and and where you want to be. But you started seeing results because not getting results can be extremely demotivating. And sometimes we just need a shot in the arm. I just need one win, you know. <laughs> like so, I think that's really key. And I think that's probably a good transition to asking you a little bit more about Launchers Academy because I think that this is something that. For listeners who are interested in maybe starting a side gig or looking to build an e-commerce business, listen carefully. You know, I don't get any kickbacks for this. This is just doing what I do and knowing 
how challenging this journey is to get support. And it's even when we think we can't afford, I'm doing air quotes here, something it's, I always think of mentorship or coaching or, you know, a program that teaches us how to do something as an investment. Yes. And there is always a return on investment if we do the work. So tell us about Launchers Academy and like how you get people started up and, and maybe where people can find you. Yeah, for sure. So at Launchers, we are a mentorship program where we have weekly masterminds with all of our students to answer any of the questions, go through live training and provide the support there. Um, but we also try to keep our group small because we want to have an intimacy level with all of our students where we're providing a white glove service to them. So one of the things that we all adhere to in Launchers is all of the coaches, which is myself, Jaden, and Christy, just the three of us, we answer any student's question that posts into our private Slack channel within three minutes of them posting. So 80% of the questions, I'm not going to say 100%, <laughs> is adhered to that because we want to be able to be there whenever someone has that question and then have the additional, you know, Saturday sessions where students can come on live to further ask us for any clarification questions that they have or processes or any other support mindset, et cetera. I love that. I mean, I love, I'm a big fan of white glove service. I think, you know, there's, there's all, all ways of delivering um, service and support, but I love that if they have a question, it's going to be top of mind. This is a quick moving field. So to be like in that space of being at the ready, I think is really cool. Do you, okay. So question that came to my mind because I'm always like, no, I respond within 24 hours. Um, <laughs> usually before that, but so if somebody is in a, you know, way different time zone and something comes into Slack, is there an expectation that they're going to hear from you in three minutes? Like if you're asleep? <laughs> uh, well, no. <laughs> Uh, so I just have to know. I need yeah, to know totally. balance in your lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Myself, Christy and Jaden, sometimes we're in different time zones because we're also traveling quite a bit. So at least one of us is in a different time zone. I think somehow it just works out yeah. where we're able to get to those questions. Um, and I would say 80%. It's not 100%. Yeah. Right. You know, okay. Gotcha. If we are sleeping, it's not expected that yeah, we okay. wake up in the middle of the night. Like, Let me check my phone and ask. Right. Ah! <laughs> right away. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you've made my nurturing motherly instincts calm now. Thank you. <laughs> no, but I think that's cool too, right? That you you have the flexibility and you have the freedom to travel. I know, I think I saw um, Jaden had posted not too long ago. He was somewhere really interesting looking. It was the last couple months. I was like, see, this is what this is about. Like when we say we want freedom, when we say that we want to live a, our life a different way, I mean, some people's goals are not to be like traveling all the time and jet setting. They want to provide some comfort and cushion. And, and I think that those are all, whatever the why is, we need to connect to it and, and you know, fall in love with it. I love to travel. I've really missed traveling the last couple of years. And so when I see other people traveling, I'm just like, oh, I just get so starry-eyed. I think it's so cool. But you also have the opportunity to continue running your business or businesses as, as it may be. Like you're not location dependent, correct? Yes, exactly. Yeah. We are not. And we built a team now where even if we're offline for you know three to five days, the business still runs because the e-commerce store is going to still run. Someone's yeah. still going to answer customer questions. Someone's still going to fulfill orders. Um, so we're not in the day-to-day, -day, but anything related to strategy, we're here for and we're here to make that scaling 
even higher. Yeah. That's a great place to get to. Like that's the aim, right? When we first, most of us, when we first start our businesses, we have the great pleasure of working in it and on it. Um, I, I actually recommend this when I don't work with startups anymore, but like when I used to work with new businesses, I would say, you know, get your hands all over everything and then figure out what drains your energy, but you know how you need it to work. And now you can hire the right people for that, who, who have the skill set, who, for whom that sparks all kinds of excitement and joy. Like I don't get excited by spreadsheets. I appreciate them and I need them. Somebody else makes them for me now. Mm. Yeah. It's, And then I just look at them and that's, that, that's great for me. But my people who make me spreadsheets are like, oh, it's easy. It's five seconds. It's no problem. You know, I'm like, good for you. It takes me like 45 (laughs) minutes to make a spreadsheet. I don't know why I get stuck in the details, but I think that that's, you know, that's the key is getting to that place where you are now. I mean, it really sounds like you are fully only working on the business. And I would guess if you ever need to dip in, it was probably more like an emergent or urgent situation where. You drop inside to take care of something and then pop back up outside. Yeah, exactly. I would say those moments at this point in time is quite rare, but the benefit of really understanding your business because you've been in all of the different parts of it and dip your hands in every single part of the business is if something comes up, you know how to deal with it Mm -hmm. right away versus, you know, something happens and you're like, oh, I've never dealt with that before because I'm not actually it you know you haven't had the experience there then it's going to make it a little bit harder to run the business I would say if you don't have that and one of the questions that students or even people want to get in e-commerce ask me that I've heard it's a very common question is should I hire a team right away Mm -hmm. or at the very beginning stages of your business and my answer to that is always no because you need to fully understand how everything works and how all the different moving pieces come together before you try to outsource that. If you outsource it too early, you're going to have a very hard time when you're scaling the business, because once you scale, that's when the even more challenges come. But if you've never dealt with the beginning challenges, you're going to have such a hard time scaling when you're dealing with even bigger and more frequent challenges at that point. Absolutely. I mean, there's just kind of an old adage. It's like you scale your problems if you don't handle them. Yes. And I think there's a point also at which business demands that we up-level our leadership, our willingness to let go, our willingness to trust. Also putting systems in place that, that can mostly run on their own and don't require a lot of input, at least from the founder. You know, I think that that's, that's key. And no matter what that business is, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the only thing might be if like a solo entrepreneur who does the one thing, but I think anything else that has multiple moving parts, you have to start letting go. But I, yeah, I'm a big fan of put your hands everywhere in your business and work in it until you get it. And it also helps make better hiring decisions. You write better operations manuals because nobody's going to care about the details generally as much as the founder. Yep, exactly. So when you start putting systems in place and creating all of that, you get to do, you just do a better job and it, and it increases the freedom factor in probably multiple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Oh, this is so, this is cool. Like really cool. I love that there's so many options. I'm still in awe that you run three businesses and like my hat is off to you. And like, I want to, I want to grow up to be like you to be able to 
learn how to get to that point of of working on instead of working in. Like I think there's a huge distinction, right? That strategy, the higher level, where are we going? What's the direction we're headed? And I think it's it's so cool to see that you're able to be in that space with all three businesses. So cool. Mm-hmm. I think definitely the biggest thing that enables me to be running three businesses right now. And I know that sounds, you know, like, whoa, but it took time to get there. And I'd like one business at a time um, is being able to hire a really, really good team. Because what I found is to get to, you know, $100,000, it's all about hustling and putting in the work and really showing up consistently every single day. But to get to that next level of hitting multiple six figures and beyond, you really need to build a very strong team. An Avengers team. Mm-hmm. And that's what is going to really get you to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's so much truth in there. I actually think in some ways it's it's harder to make that first hundred thousand than it is to get into the mid six figures and pop into the seven. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of my clients, most of my clients um say that like when they pass that seven figure mark, they're like, oh, oh. We passed a million this year. Cool. <laughs> it's like it's almost like an okay. <laughs> I mean, of course, they're excited and they celebrate that, especially if that was a goal. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like okay, cool, right? And yeah, because because you've already done all the hard work and all the systems are in place. So this is something just to remember: we work harder for the first fifty k than we do for the first five hundred k. That's fair. That's just real question. Yeah. It's so much easier because I think in part because systems are in place and and team is there and everything. Like you do have to hustle for that first 100,000 or so. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The other this thing is, is like once you understand that you can make $100,000, you realize the possibilities of you making even more. And it's not even about the money, like just about the money, but you realize just I can do this. Yes. It's that same, like, look what I did. Look yeah. what we built. Look what we created. And, and you know, yeah, I think a lot of times people think like, oh, well, it's just, you know, you don't want to just be about the money. Money is great. It's the currency that we have. So unless we go back to trading something else, it's money. That's what we need yeah. to do. Like, everybody needs it. So it's, but it's usually not just about the money. It's like, can I duplicate this? Can I serve more people? Okay, there's 18 bajillion percent more people now traveling. How can I support them with solutions to make their travel better? I mean, yeah. So there's the excitement kind of about the money starts to wear off after a while. And it's so much more about what else can I do? Because it triggers all that, you know, stuff in our brains that got us to start a business in the first place. Yes. Yeah. We're just wired up that way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I have so enjoyed our conversation. I have two final questions real quickly. Lightning round. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Yeah, for sure. So you can find me on Instagram at Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A dot N-G-G. And I'm also on TikTok right now at, at my ecom life. Awesome. We'll provide those links in the show notes as well. Any parting thoughts of wisdom for our listeners? I would really say, you know, for listeners, I haven't started is to just take that leap of faith and you only need to see the first two steps of the staircase you don't need to see the entire staircase if you haven't started and once you actually get through the initial stages the next couple of staircase is gonna show up by itself because you will have a more clear direction of where you are gonna go because you started 
um, for listeners that have already started and they're already in the business, I would say really understand that 80-20 rule. So the 80-20 rule is 80% of your output comes from 20% of your input. If you can truly understand that, you'll be able to work on a lot more needle-moving tasks to move your business forward. And that's going to help with saving time and energy and making sure you're only focusing on tasks that move your business forward. And that's how, that, that's something, that's a principle that I really, really took into mind in order for me to work on three different businesses at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the way that we can create a, a, a harmony and balance that keeps us healthy and keeps us grounded and helps us enjoy the life that we're building through the business that we're building. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. This has just been such a great conversation. I really appreciate having you on and I'm excited to share this with our listeners. Thanks so much for having me, Tracy. It was great having this conversation. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. Be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. As you know, reviews are what help your fellow entrepreneurs find the right podcasts for them. So please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. If you are a medical practice owner and you're struggling with overwhelm from the daily business operations and decisions and trying to manage your time and all that juggling, schedule a talk with me by visiting my website at tracycherpesky.com forward slash medical hyphen practices. Link is in the show notes. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.